a song. I see zones of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Red swelling too. Where is my ship that I once flew? My and I think too. to myself, what a bullshit plot event. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sammy. So, Patsy. Yep. Everywhere has their sort of American dream. What is the American dream of Old Pine Barrow? It's changed over time. I mean, like, at first it was controlling the pine in the times of the Pine Barrens. First you get the pine, then you have a fuck ton of pine, and we make shit out of pine. But revolutions happened, thing progressed and changed. The American dream of Pine Barrow, I guess it sort of became disillusioned with itself. People really didn't know what to do back then. And I think about that time I left for war from a Pine Barrow that was still discovering itself. And I guess coming back, I saw where it went. And it's uh, mellowed out a lot. And it's good to see that it uh, still sort of became its own thing, even with the rest of us gone. Last time on Queer Dungeoneers. Following a lot of snakes and a botched investigation, Silent Steve completed his magnum opus, a portal to a ghost zone that sucked in the entire ship and everyone on it. Nime missed the boat and is now left stranded on Dinosaur Volcano Island. What the heck happens now? Patsy, you wake up in a big, warm bed, and you open your eyes, and you're in a simple log cabin. What kind of logs is this made out of? Pine. This is nice. This is right. As you sort of sit up, you look around the room, um, the furnishings are simple, but everything that you see is sort of sturdy. There's sort of like a a nice rug on the floor. Mmm. Made of a good, lovely pan. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, um, I don't think everything is pine like that. Ooh. So so to give you an idea, it's not quite what Patsy would want perfectly, but it's something Patsy would like. Oh, okay. It's honest living. Yeah, it's honest living. Alright. Well, I'll step out of this pine house and... Smell the fresh air. You step on out of the house, and as you do, you sort of get your first glimpses of the town that you're in. Mm. It's a very respectable, clean-looking place. Different buildings dotted around. They're all in, like, sort of slightly different styles. You know, some more modern, some more rustic, I suppose. They're all nice. None of them are mansions or anything like that. The streets are well lined with cobblestone and you can see a few people going about their business, tending to little gardens and you can see someone running a little uh, street stall where they sell coffee. Um, so I'm going to walk to the nearest neighbour. Um, hey, old buddy, old pal, uh, where are we? I think the nearest neighbour is probably the person with the coffee cart. 
a 30-year-old woman with brown hair. She holds out a cup of coffee to you and says, well, we're exactly where we need to be. We're in our new city. This may sound weird, but I remember sailing through the sky. Oh, yes. Yeah, we were sailing through the sky. Mm. And then we completed the city and now we all live here. But was there like an in-between, like a landing process? Mm, Not really. Everyone that made the ghost zone, we kind of agreed what it should look like, you know, subconsciously. And that's what we got. Oh, okay. So this is like a a town designed by committee. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get exactly what you dream here. Like, I'd like a mansion, but I just got a nice house, and and I actually kind of like it. Mm, I know what you mean. I mean, my house, it is constructed of pine, Mm. but my furnishings, woolen. Crying shame, really, but you know, (laughs) you live, you learn, you grow from it. Ah, yes, I think they've assigned you to be the, uh, the resource officer. Uh, responsible for growing the forest and managing when it should be harvested, when it should be protected. Everyone has a role here. You know, we got to make all the buildings, but from here we have to do things properly. We have to build, we have to to live our lives. Hmm. So this is sort of like a community setting where we are each assigned roles and we work those roles for the betterment of the community? Yes. Ah. Uh, What's your name, by the way? I'm Dahlia. My name's Patsy, I think. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I knew your role because of uh, your kind of distinctive pine house, but didn't know much more about you. Yeah, well, uh, I was kind of on a ship that was, like, on its way to stop the end of the world, and, like, yeah. Okay. You might think it was going to stop the end of the world, but it would have been the end of the world for us if we'd gotten there. Ah, true. But we kind of just needed to know the friggin' way. Yeah, we weren't a huge fan. True. I'm sure that whatever's gonna happen to the world, I'm sure it won't be that big a deal. I mean, I'm sure we'll be safe in here, so... Mmm. But, um... I might go around and chats about, uh, just heading back on my questy way, um... <laughs> we don't know about that. We're not trying to stop you. Maybe we can work out, like, a we work out the direction and you stay where y'all are. I'm not trying to put a thorn in that side. It's just... My soul is literally bound to, like, this. Um, so if I don't go about this, I kind of suffer internal damnation. A bit of a conflict of interest, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Well, uh, why don't you go to the city hall? Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, which building's that? What wood is it constructed of? Uh, stone. (laughs) Ooh. Can you see? It's it's over there on the top of that hill. Yeah, it's not gonna bode well. Alright, um, uh, Thank you for coming by. Um, have a have an enjoyable coffee filled time, Dahlia. I, I, yeah, no, I'm just uh, I'll goes about my business. See you around, Patsy. Hopefully not. <laughs> Jolene, Jolene, you wake up in a nice warm bed. 
The smell of herbs of all kinds surrounding you. You are in a decently sized little house with simple furnishings and lots and lots of plants. Plants of all different kinds and varieties, some that you've used before in your poisons, some that you're not yet familiar with, some that are flowering, some that are still just budding, and you have a little workstation across the room with all kinds of tools and vials, and yeah. So she gets out of bed, turns around makes the bed pretty much immediately. She's going to pick up the watering can that she stows under her bed and begin her routine of watering the plants in her room. When she's done with that, she's going to pick a few herbs and then go out and start making breakfast. Uh, You make lovely herbed omelette and eventually you hear a knock on the door. Come in! The door opens and as it does, a little bell chimes like in a shop and someone walks in a tall, wide person who is sniffling, and they say, Hello, I heard uh, you were the um, apothecary. Yep, you heard right. Could you do something to help me? (laughs) Well, first of all, how about you sit down and I'll grab you a box of tissues. That sounds fantastic. And they sit down. My nose is like a tap. Ah, oh, that's that's unfortunate. Can you tell me any other symptoms? They take a tissue. Ah, <gasps> uh, my throat is dry and wet at the same time, and uh, I've got an itch on my neck. How about I get you some cold medicine, because it sounds like you've got that, and then I'll take a look at the itch on your neck, okay? Thank you so much. You're a lifesaver. So she goes and puts together some cold medicine and then brings over a cup of water and gives everything to the person that's now sitting on her couch. They drink the medicine very heartily. It didn't do anything. Yes, that's because you've got a cold. So you've got to have some actual proper rest. Was there ginger in there? I hate ginger. No, there wasn't ginger in there. Narrator voice, there was ginger in there. (laughs) (laughs) My recommendation would just be go home, drink some more water, try and take a nap if you can, and then see how you feel tomorrow. What about my itchy neck? Okay, I'll take a look at that. So she hops around and takes a look. There's a tiny little red rash on the back of their neck. Does it look like a mosquito bite or something? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's a good diagnosis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, I see what's going on. Let me just get you something to put on it, and it should stop itching. And she goes and finds ingredients for, like, stop itch, or whatever it is. And I imagine you, like, grind them up into a little paste or something. Yep. Yeah, and put them on the back of the neck. That actually feels a lot better. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know about this whole resting thing, but I'll give it a try. Trust me, you'll feel better tomorrow. I just don't feel keen about resting. I've been... You know, trapped in a force field for a very long time. Ah. You know what? I feel like that does sound kind of uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially being around so many other people all at once. Oh, I hate people. No offense. It's okay. I'm not a people. Are you a ghost? Nope. Oh, no, I'm a ghost. You're a ghost. (laughs) That's right. Okay. You're a ghost. I'm a halfling. 
A halfling is still a people. Yeah, we're like half a people. No, you're a full people. What the heck? (laughs) I mean, sure, in stature. Anyway, I'm going to go now. This isn't bringing me any rest. Thank you. Sorry about that. Hope you feel better soon. Me too. And as they leave, the doorbell chimes once more. Is Jolene just going to live this little apothecary fantasy or? Yeah, she is. (laughs) Cremora Magnus. So what is a pleasant life looking like for Cremora Magnus? Ah, God, I think she probably just studies. Mm. Like maybe she has a library or something that people can, you know, maybe she does research for townspeople, but yeah. So you wake up and you're tucked in a bed in one end of a sort of almost uh, a slightly labyrinthy building. It's not a huge building, but it kind of bends in an L shape, but then it's divided further by a sort of shelves and shelves of books. Yeah, Cremora just gets up. I don't think it takes her very long to realise something's wrong. Mm. You know, being well acquainted with ghost zones as she is. So, yeah. I think you have a quick little look around the library, and as you sort of take some of the books off the shelf and thumb through them, you kind of realise these aren't like other books you've seen or heard about in ghost zones, like when Jolene has tried to read things and found that they were blank. These are books. You can read them, but they seem to be books that people in the ghost zone have read before. So it will have the author on the front and then co-authored by the person who read the book. Sections will be missing. Bits will be misremembered. There's a lot of question marks in them. But there is a lot of knowledge, just uh, perhaps slightly disorderly in how it's presented. And um, you hear a little bell chime as the front door of your library opens. (sighs) I am... Beyond the point of snapping. Okay, hello, how can I help you? I assume that's what I have to do now in this scenario. (laughs) Your voice say, Oh, please, if we can do anything to accommodate you, Cremora Magnus, uh, we would love you to feel welcome in our community. You could let me out? I believe we've met briefly before, but you probably don't remember me. I'm Benedict. Well, it's... Nice to be able to attach a face to the sword. Um, I appreciate why you don't want to go where we're going. Trust me, I understand that better than almost anyone else in my group. But we are trying to save the world, and I can't let you stand in the way of that. You will be safe in here. (sighs) Are you sure you don't want to stay? If I cared about my own safety, I wouldn't be on a quest to save the world. I don't matter. The world does. Benedict looks a little disappointed. Cremora Magnus, uh, we chose you for the library because, well, you hold a lot of knowledge and you know how to solve a great many problems. I came here today to see if you could help us with a problem. Maybe if you solve that problem for us, we could work something out and we could let you go. You'd have to let my friends go as well. Of course. Then what's your problem? Follow me. And he leads you out of the library and up the hill to a stone building. This is our city hall. 
Uh, this is where me and my husband will spend most of our time. We didn't ask to be leaders, but the people wanted it to be so. Uh, and as it leads you to the top of the hill, you can see in the far distance something a little strange. You can see a waterfall. A waterfall that seems to be falling from nowhere. Mm-hmm. As you can see, what we've built is a beautiful, beautiful town. We've got places for everyone here, and this is where we plan to spend our lives. We will die here, but then our children will be born from our souls and live on, and we will live this life like a normal world, just inside a ghost zone. Now, what I need your help with, well, I think you can see it over there, any points at the waterfall. Come with me onto the roof of the city hall and you'll be able to see even better the problem. I'll I'll follow him up. He leads you into the city hall. As he walks in, uh, he waves hi to someone at the desk and says, Hi, hon. Kamura has briefly met Leonard, so I think Leonard would wave a hello. And um, as you come up the top, now you can see the problem. Past the edges of the town is a big body of water surrounding the whole town. The town is an island, and water is filling up around it, pouring down from this waterfall that comes from nowhere. Cremora Magnus, we have done so much and set this town up so well, but it is sinking. I believe that the portal to this ghost zone has fallen underwater. If you can solve this problem for us, we will let you out. We will give you the airship back. Granted, you will have to find a way to get it from underwater. We will also, of course, ask that you leave both of your enchanted blades here so we can live happily. One more thing. We can't have you leave the ghost zone until you've solved the problem, because unfortunately it is hard to trust that you would ever come back. Do you think you can help? Oh, I know I can solve the problem. Good. Well, I could quite easily from the outside. Inside, it's a little harder. I was never a ghost zone engineer myself. That was more my mother's forte. But you're a problem solver. I can see you can make things happen that shouldn't. Let's get to work. I'm going to need everybody in this community's understanding of what constitutes this community. I need your collective understanding of the boundaries and limits and potential of this place. What do you mean? Ghost zones are shaped both by the will of their creator and by the desire of the inhabitants. They're usually designed for a specific purpose, and if you deviate from that design, they retaliate. So, I need to understand what this community is, and what it means to everyone. Then I can, well, I should be able to perform a ritual to expand the physical boundaries, to lower the waters, to raise the land. Then, once we've left, I'll retrieve the painting from under the water so it won't be a problem in the future. Can you roll parlay? That's an eight. Before we start our arrangements, I do need to know properly that you're on our side. Your two friends... Both have one of the blades that we need. Get them both and bring them back here. And then we will arrange what you need. I think we might arrange a city hall where you can ask questions of the people as you need. Let's go. 
Nime the druid. Hi. You are standing on the beach, snakes leaving from around your feet. As you watch the ship you were planning to get back onto be consumed by a glowing green light. Fuck! Oh my god. Oh my god, okay. And then she's going to turn into a wind elemental and fly up and just like look around. <laughs> just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like do the mime thing where she's like putting her hands out in the air, like trying to feel if there's like a barrier or a port. Like it looks very strange. It does look very strange. And you don't, f- I'm not going to make you roll for that because you don't find anything. <laughs> do I notice the painting? Do you notice the painting? Um, roll me a discern realities. Come on. <gasps> That's a vibe. You don't see the painting, I guess. As you're up in the air, you kind of catch a flash of something darting away from midair and going into a small jungle area on Dinosaur Volcano Island. I will follow it. And you end up in the heart of this jungle. It's an amazingly pristine environment. It makes you realize how much even the forest that you've been in on on sort of mainlands would be affected by even just the existence of nearby cities and people maybe coming in to sometimes take down trees and stuff. This is something different again. And it's also, I guess, very tropical. Nims used to more temperate. Every so often you hear these huge guttural roars and you come to a large tree and you can hear the chirping of birds in the tree. Not the chirping so much as the horrible seagull cries. Where are the dinosaurs? We've got to unionize them. I don't know. We'll find the dinosaurs. They've got to be here somewhere. I can hear them. I can hear them. Yeah, I can hear them too. We've got to unionize them. (laughs) And Nim saw the glowy thing come into the tree? It wasn't glowy. Oh. Nim Um, saw whatever it was fly into the tree? Yeah, you see it fly in the tree and take a perch. It was a seagull. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I just completed my scout of the island. There's water around it. Nim's gonna back away slowly. (laughs) Can you roll uh, Defy Danger Dexterity to not be caught? Please, I don't want to interact with these. (laughs) <laughs> oh thank god that's a nine you back away and you back away and you're really doing well at not being caught you, you've gotten far enough away that um the, the seagulls are sort of out of range now but you take one more step backwards and you kind of fall over and you tumble into a little cavern and from inside the cavern, you can hear deep breathing noises. <gasps> oh, God. Nim freezes and slowly turns around. You turn around and you look, and in the darkness of this cavern, you catch the glint of a big reptilian eye. Awake? Yes. And looking at me? Yes. Hi. Who are you? My name is Nime. Why do you 
come into my home. Ah, I'm sorry. I kind of fell. I didn't mean to. I'll just, I'm, I can, I'm, I'll leave right now. I'll leave right now. I do not trust you. Stay where you are. Okay. Let me take a look at you. And the creature lurches forward, taking big steps. And as it comes towards the entrance of the cavern, you can see it has large spines on its back and a long tail, a sort of a wide body and big clumping feet as it walks on all fours. Is it a stegosaurus? It's a stegosaurus. It's a stegosaurus! Comes right up, sniffs your face. She's scared, but she's also, like, just in awe, like, whoa. We get few visitors here. That makes sense. And almost none of them welcome. Why are you here, Mammal? That's a great question. (laughs) You see, I was liberating some snakes from an airship that was flying overhead. And then, when I was down here, helping the snakes on their way, my ship vanished. I think it leans in so close that its forehead is touching yours. Snakes? Dude, don't like snakes? We hate snakes. Oh! The snakes are why we left the mainland for our safety here. Uh, what? Thanks for listening. Hey, can you hear that? That's the unmistakable sound of you leaving a review on your podcast app of choice. No, or or was it the chitter chatter of you recommending the show to a friend? Well, either way, thank you. Thank you so much. It, It really, really helps. Till next time. Bye. No blooper this time. Oh well, bad luck.